0: Thank you, uh, Megan. Thank you, band. And by the way, I know that, you know, obviously the band does a great job and we see them every week and we have a great stable of musicians, but one of the things that we sometimes goes without noticing is the great job that Mike Bassett does every week. He's here at at 3.15 in the morning every Sunday. Well, not that early, but he's here really early setting up and getting the stage put together and all. He does a great job with that, and so... um, He's going to be the one protecting you from the loud coughs that you might hear today. Otherwise, it would blast your ears because I have a little bit of Mexico funk still in me. So, my name is Joe Davis. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here. It's good to be back home with my Grace Life family. We're continuing with our series on Jesus and Genesis. Uh, This week is week 10, and the title is Just Like Abraham. Uh, And that's verses uh, 12, 1 to 7. I'm just going to read them to you. Just kind of, if you want to turn there and a Bible in your phone or anything like that, you can do that. Let me just kind of read this and get right into it. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you later. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and to him who dishonors you, I will dishonor them. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, by faith. And Lot went with him also. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions, and all that they had gathered, and the people, and they that acquired them in Haran, and they all set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the uh, oak of Moreh. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, "To your offspring will I give you this land." So Abraham built an altar to the Lord there, who had appeared to him. <clears throat> so this is a pretty amazing passage, and I'm just going to be vulnerable with you here right off the bat. I really get nervous about sermons like this, and here's why I get nervous—not because it's controversial but because there's so much content, so much depth and richness in the truth that's here that I get afraid that <clears throat> I'll get too caught up in the details and I'll leave you guys in the weeds and you'll, you'll not be able to follow along with me. And I, as a pastor and as a shepherd, I really feel concerned about that. So I'm warning you ahead of time that I've really struggled through to try to make this as concise as possible uh, so that we don't get all caught up in the weeds. So just kind of make sure you focus with me through the historical And the theological side of this, and when we get to the devotional, you'll see it all comes together. So we like to look at three applications of every passage. The history is what about man, what did he do, and why did he do it? Here's what I'll tell you about this. Abraham wasn't even looking. It's not like Abraham was in a situation where he said, you know what? I'm 75. I'm a little older. My wife is older. I have some sheep. I have some people. I have some things. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask God to make me a blessing to all nations. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask God to to take me where I'm comfortable and root me up and move me to a land where there's a great and powerful people already possessing that land. And I'm going to say, God, can you go ahead and promise me that you'll give me this land? And by the way, I know I'm 75. Can you make sure you go ahead and give me a kid too? See, Abraham wasn't looking for any of that. What happens, though, is Abraham is chosen. Abraham is promised all these things. I'll give you this land, I'll give you this kid, and you're going to have a great nation, and you are going to bless all nations. And here's what happens. Abraham believes the promise through the gift of faith. And I can imagine what he's thinking when he, the moment he believes, right? He didn't grow up thinking, When I grow old, I want to be the person that God singles out from everyone else in the world to be the father of a great nation that will birth Jesus, the savior of all God's children from every tribe and nation on the earth. Abraham didn't go to a weekend seminar on how to get the blessings and promises of God. He didn't go and try to go online and and, and download the step-by-step way to make sure that you live in prosperity if you just trust in Jesus. He didn't live his whole life with the design of achieving some sort of special status as, as God's chosen. Here it was. It was just God making a choice to save to bless, and to use Abraham. And this story explains even more why Megan's story that she shared last week is so powerful and so important. Because there's a core of God's promise was that Abraham would be a father of this great nation. Isaac was the key to that promise. And Abraham's faith in the story of Isaac that Megan was sharing last week is the same faith that enabled him to trust this original outlandish, ridiculous promise to a 75-year-old man. Get everything together, move hundreds of miles to a land that's possessed by people who hate you. That's the history. Just making sure you understand this wasn't like an easy thing for Abraham, right? You got it? God didn't send the Mayflower moving people there to take them to a house already set up. Cable already installed. Direct TV dishes already going. It wasn't anything like that. So let's look at the theology. What about God? What does he do? <clears throat> and why? How, and how does he do it? You know who the seeker here was? It wasn't Abraham. It was God. God is the seeker, not us. There's this concept out there I hear a lot of times. You know, are there churches that are seeker churches, seeker sensitive? Well, if that means seeker sensitive, then in my mind, that means you're sensitive to God because he's the seeker. He's the promise giver. And we see throughout Scripture, and this is where I'm starting to, I want to make sure that you focus with me. We see throughout Scripture, it is God that finds his people and blesses them with promises. These promises are not sought by those receiving them. God seeks out those to make his promises too. And studying these promises, their scope, and how they affect His people is what we call covenant theology. Covenant means promise. And so what covenant theology means, which is what we embrace here, is we study how God uses promises to bless his people. Adam had a covenant. Noah, Moses, Abraham, David, Solomon, and us. It's the way God interacts with his chosen people. He does it not through, here's a list of do's and don'ts. That's not how he interacts with us. He interacts with us like this. I'm going to give you this. And I promise I won't let you down. It's pretty amazing if you think about it, right? So what happens is God chose Abraham. Abraham didn't choose, choose God. God chose Abraham. God made the promise God gave Abraham the gift of faith to believe that the promise was real and the ability to trust that promise, that it would transform his life. And even during times when Abraham's faith was weak, when Abraham decided, you know, I don't think I believe in the promise. Didn't matter. God kept the promise anyway. Here's the other part about it. God continues to keep his promise to Abraham right now, even as we speak. That same promise continues. So I want to talk about this. The same promise that he gave to Abraham is continuing right now. <clears throat> I'm going to read Genesis, uh, Galatians chapter 3, uh, uh, 5 through 9. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by the works of the law? In other words, does he, do you get these promises because of religion? Do you get these promises because you keep a list of do's and don'ts? It's a rhetorical question. And Paul is saying, do you think that's how these promises come to you? Well, of course not. That's silly. Or is it by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify Gentiles, many of us by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham. <clears throat> the man of faith. All right, I'm not going to read this to you. I'm just going to put it up there. There's the Greek phrase, because if I read it to you, I'd be showing off, and I'm a very humble person. I don't like to show off. <laughs> Here's what the phrase is that we just read. Are blessed, along with the faithful Abraham. Are blessed, along with the faithful Abraham. I'm gonna give you a little Greek word study lesson here. That word there, you see the one right there that I'm not going to read because I'm humble? Right there. That's the word are blessed. It's the present indicative passive third person plural. Let me explain what that means. It's happening right now as we speak without any of our actions causing it to happen. That's the passive part. And it's plural many people so what he's saying is right now a bunch of people are currently as we speak now and continually into the future being blessed regardless of anything that we do as a group grace life is a church family that currently right now present indicative passive third person plural we are right now being blessed just like the faithful Abraham. In other words, the promise to Abraham that he believed by faith is currently being carried out, and we are receiving the blessing from it. And we continue to day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, second after second, occurring in the present time, right now, and continuing. Guys, the promise that we just read about in Genesis is being fulfilled in us right now in this room, in this comedy club. Which still blows my mind, by the way. Okay, that's a theology. I told you there's a lot there, right? We got through it. I hope you're still with me here. Let's talk about the fun part, devotional. What about me? What am I supposed to do, and why and how do I do it? We are just like Abraham. And we're like Abraham in a couple ways. First of all, we're like him in our salvation See, our covenant with God, the promises that we receive, came about the same way that Abraham's did. You understand? Just like God chose Abraham for that covenant, God has chosen you for salvation. To be a part of this great nation that God was talking about when he promised it to Abraham. And just like Abraham, you didn't choose God. You didn't choose to be a part of Abraham's promise. You were chosen. Before the foundation of the world, and we'll see a verse later on that explains that. You see, and this is what I wanted you to just make sure that you understand. The fact that you're a Christian, the fact that you believe in Christ and the gospel, is not a result of your intelligence. I mean, look at some of you. There's no way you're smart enough. <laughs> you know what else? It's not a result of your character It's not a result of the fact that you just have this special ability to connect with God that others who don't trust Jesus just don't have. It's not a result of your resolve or your discipline. It's not a result of your respectable righteousness that is so visible to others. It is a result of one thing and one thing only, God keeping his promise to Abraham, the promise that resulted in his faith, and yours and ours and just like Abraham this is really cool remember there were times i said where Abraham was lacking faith <clears throat> and God still kept the promise there is nothing you or anyone else can do to undo or disrupt God choosing you for this promise I've got a couple of verses for me for you in case you don't believe me 1 Peter chapter 2 9 and 10 i'm going to read it look what Peter says He's talking about the promise to Abraham. For you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, God's. You may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy and grace, but now you have received mercy and grace. That's a pretty good passage right there, isn't it? Romans 9, 6 to 8. <clears throat> but it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are physically descended from Abraham belong to Abraham. Not all the children of Abraham are there because they are offspring of his. This means that not the this, this means it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the Promise are counted as his children. What promise is that? That he would build a great nation. So we are like Abraham in our salvation. We're like him in our purpose and calling. Have you guys, any of you ever heard of this thing called the, the, the Great Commission? Some people, it's kind of a churchy word, right? Basically, what happened is right before Jesus leaves, he says, You know, listen, uh, go and I want you to go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See that first part? Isn't it similar to the wording in the promise to Abraham? I'm going to make you a blessing to all nations. And right before Jesus leaves, he says to his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations. Do you see that? The Great Commission is not divorced from the Old Testament. The Great Commission is promised in Genesis to Abraham and extended to us, Abraham's offspring, by faith to go and bless all nations. It's very similar wording. It's the same covenant, the same promise. It is, in fact, a parallel passage. So here's what happened on Monday night at Grace Life Recovery. (laughs) We were listening to some Grace Lifers talk about this idea of being chosen remember that? We were talking about, we're chosen, and I I just wrote this down because I didn't want to forget it. Some of them said, I don't even know why I'm still here. I don't know why I'm clean today, but clearly God chose me for something, and what was going on is they were expressing amazed perplexion. That's a great phrase right there, right? Write that down. Somebody put that on Facebook and like it and tag me. All right, that's good. (laughs) They were expressing amazed perplexion. You know what I call that? Amazing grace. See, this is why I love Monday nights with our GLR people. Their rawness is actually stunning theology. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's an, I don't know why. For some reason, I should be dead 10 times over, but for some reason, God has chosen to save me and preserve me, and now I'm here, and I don't know the reason, but clearly something's going on. Well, today's story is the why. Today's story is the reason that you have been chosen. God's promised thousands of years ago to Abraham to save us and to use us. We are the fulfillment of the promise that Abraham would be a blessing to all nations. Yes, even dirty people even struggling people, even hurting people. It's a good work that God prepared beforehand that we trip over. Does that sound familiar? Look, I don't know, and this is, this is the part that's kind of funny to me. I don't know how much Abraham knew about the scope of that promise when God made it to him. I don't think Abraham knew that what God meant was, I'm going to be saving this short, stocky white guy, Joe Davis, in a few thousand years. It's part of the promise. I'm going to save this tall, ugly guy, Mark Curtis, in a few thousand years, too, because of the promise. I'm going to save some of these other people, uh, and because of the promise, they're going to end up being people that bless all the nations that I told you that you would do. I don't think he understood then, but I know this. I bet he does now. And I bet you Abraham is probably just as perplexed and stunned by Amazing Grace as our Grace Life people were talking about on Monday. See, all of us grace lifers are stunned by this. Because let me just say, to truly understand your connection with Heavenly Dad, you have to live in recognition of two things. First of all, our salvation, which is by faith, and our purpose, the Great Commission, is a result of a promise. Here's the part I like the best, okay? Yes, we understand that God saved us. He chose us for salvation. He chose us for this job, which is the Great Commission. It's all part of the promise to Abraham. But here's the part that I love more than anything. Our destiny was never in doubt. Think about this for a minute. All the things you've gone through, all the things you have been through, Times when you rejected God, times when you embraced everything that was anti-God in your life, times that you felt like, you know what, church is a waste of time, all these things. Even in those times, because the promise to Abraham was so strong and so true made by God that is so good and so loving, your destiny was never in doubt. Matter of fact, the scripture says, God says, all that the Father has given to me will come to me and no man can pluck them out of my hand. And then Ephesians 1, 3 through 4, I love this, ready? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. There's the promise to Abraham. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. I'm going to blow you away. You ready for this? Abraham wasn't the first promise. The promise to save his children was made even before the world was created. That's why I'm telling you our destiny as children of God to be a blessing to all nations, starting with Sarasota County, who, by the way, needs a lot of blessings. God has made us a chosen nation, a royal priesthood, a holy generation called out for his special purpose, which is to fulfill this amazing, ridiculous per- plexing promise that Abraham had no idea he even wanted in the first place, but God found him, God chose him, God blessed him, God gave him the gift of faith, God transformed him, and through him there's been this trickle down all throughout human history since then where people have become part of the children of Abraham, not because they were born Jewish, but because they were born again by the gift of faith. So what do we do with this? Simply this. I want you to live in the reality of the fact that you are a living child of the promise. You are not a living child of religion. You are not a living child of your intellect. You are not a living child of your discipline. You are not a living child of your resolve to be a good person. No, you are a living, breathing, blessed child of the promise because God sought you out. You didn't seek him. And even when you thought you were seeking him, that was him making you seek him. Because that's how God works. It's called covenant theology. He says, I'm going to go to my people. I'm going to make them a promise they don't deserve. I'm going to apply it to their lives, even if they don't even know they want it. All right, Dad, we're just... uh, We're perplexed by the fact that there's this promise made several thousand years ago that has brought us to this comedy club this morning to talk about your grace, to talk about this lifestyle we call the grace life. And we're so committed to it, we'll even do it on a Sunday that we lose an hour of sleep, some of us. (laughs) But God, we're so thankful that even on times that we lose faith, your promise remains. And as a song said earlier, Your love never changes. You stay the same through the ages. We're so glad that we're children of the promise, not children of religion. We're so glad we're children of mercy, not children of self-righteousness. Jesus' name.